CLNSRadio.com, the home of Internet Sports Talk Radio. Legends are made in the NFL, and the quest for the Lombardi Trophy continues. Brady moving and looking and has time, and then throws, and that is forced for a touchdown. Intercepted by Wilford. Vince Wilford with a game changer. You're listening to Patriots Beat. Two minutes, second down and six. Brady, quick throw, and complete. first down. Right here on CLNSRadio.com. Well, what's going on there, Patriots Nation, and welcome to CLNS Radio's Patriots Beat. I'm your host, Jeff Kane, at Boston Fat Guy on Twitter. Joining me, as always, will be Bob Snowden, at Snowden Bob, also on Twitter. Of course, you can follow CLNS at at CLNS Radio or on Facebook, www.facebook.com backslash CLNS fans. We have a jam-packed show for you today. Lots of things to talk about. Of course, the... New England Patriots in the last week have uh, brought back uh, Patrick Chung. They've cut Adrian Wilson. We have uh, from Barstool Sports, WEEI, and a bunch of other different media outlets. The media whore himself, Jerry Thornton, uh, coming on. He'll be on about 1.15 today. And I'll pick on him a little bit, which is never a good thing, seeing that uh, he's a comedian and I'm not, so I'm sure I'll be pushed right down. Call in number for guests, 347-215-7771. And, of course, we'll also be joined by uh, Antoine Staley. Um, he's going to join us about 1.30, late addition to the show. He hit us up this morning and said, let's uh, let's talk a little AFC East. So he's going to call us up. He talks, uh, writes AFC East for uh, pay, uh, Pro Players Insider. So uh, without any further ado, we're going to bring in uh, Mr. Snowden Bob, the man who is just two days younger than the sun. <laughs> Well, I told you it was raining on the day I was born, so I, I don't. I'm really not sure exactly where the sun set in, but thank you anyway. Yeah. What a, what another great week! I mean, every week we talk about this at the beginning. Two great guests, first of all, today. I, I really look forward to to Jerry and Antoine and and uh, giving giving and getting back as much as we give uh, from from two really great uh, writers and uh, and and people that I really respect a lot, so it'll be great to have them on board. Uh, and, you know, Patriots topics again this week. It's it's football season, even though it's not football season. Yeah, it's just uh, unbelievable. You know, we got plenty of stuff to talk about. Each week, as, you're, as you said last week, each week we sit there, all right, it's going to start to slow down now. We're not going to have much to talk about, and lo and behold, things turn around. Adrian Wilson, a long, long time we've been expecting Adrian Wilson to be released by the, the Patriots. Of course, he, you know, was the big signing last year. The Patriots thought, oh, that was going to be their big thumping safety that they've had since, um, you know, since Rodney Harrison coming aboard. Never quite materialized. He suffered an ankle injury, an Achilles injury that sidelined him for the rest of the year. Um, he was placed on IR. But a guy that is, is basically playing you know, into the fourth quarter of the third and fourth preseason games as a 32-year-old vet, that's not a very good sign. And, of course, he was placed on IR and released. And I, I was talking to someone the other day. They said, well, why would they, you know, bring back Patrick Chung? Because that's been the one thing. Patrick Chung seems to be a firing board for Patriots Nation. That They just they can't stand Patrick Chung. My, and it doesn't my make answer, sense, Jeff. No, it doesn't. 
I, I mean, what's the loss in bringing him back? But you're right, and I didn't mean to cut you off there. It's almost like people yeah. are angry that the Patriots, well, yeah, but, <laughs> but the Patriots fans are kind of angry that they're bringing him back. And I'm going, why are people mad? If he doesn't cut it, he doesn't cut it. But what? why not bring him back? Well, I think the reason that people are so upset is because you look back at Patrick Chung's tenure, tenure here, he wasn't exactly the most durable person in the world. And we, we've seen we've seen what Patriots Nation is about when, when we talk about durability of a, of a player. I mean, Danny Amendola is you know pretty much looked at as fragile as a crystal chandelier. And, and I think the same thing can be said about, uh, about Patrick Chung because he never really developed, he never really played. They look at him as a as a lost cause, um, and, and why bring him back? Well, they brought him back for a couple reasons. One, they need some semblance of help at safety. Now, while he might not be the best safety in the world, I'm going to say he's upgraded over Stephen Gregory. Uh, number two, he's played in the system. He knows what needs to be had, had and done in the system. Number three, he's still young. He's only 26. to be 27 right during the season. And lo and behold, the last thing, the most important thing, is the fact that he plays special teams. Well, and, and the other thing is, and you had mentioned he never he really lived up to what everybody hoped he would be. He did have one really good year with the Patriots, and that was in 2010, his second year. I wrote a column about it this week, as a matter of fact, because I think people kind of forget how that year he was developing, and he was he looked like he was going to be everything they expected now. Injuries hit him towards the end of that year. He missed a couple of games. And then the big downfall was when he decided uh, he was going to do that, that pass over to, oh. I want to say it was um, Edelman, wasn't it, that he, that he tried, or oh, Welker. It was on a, his own decision, and it's like, well, wait a second. And he was really chastised for that. It was against the Jets of all teams. You don't want to do that against the Jets. And, a team that you would beat 45-3 early in the season and then lose yeah. in, in the playoffs. It hurts. That's, that's not a time so to that, make you know, That was really the downfall uh, once that occurred. But, again, when you look at 2010, you know, he really had a pretty good year. Uh, you know, he set a career high with 16 tackles in his first game that year, the first game he started with the Patriots. Uh, on a Monday night football game against Miami, he blocked a punt and a field goal and that, it, that led to two Patriot TDs, and then in that same game, he returned an interception, fifty-one yards for a TD. You know, he, he, so yeah, he, really, he had ninety. I want to say it was like ninety-six tackles that season. So I, I'm not saying he's great, but I mean, he does have some abilities, and I agree with you a hundred percent. I mean, Stephen Gregory, he is a definite improvement from Stephen Gregory. Oh, I agree with you uh, completely. You know what? Last week, we weren't able to get to, to our friend Mad Dog. He's on the line right now, Bob. So I'm going to bring him on before we get Jerry Thornton in. Mad Dog, how are we doing today? Hey, hey, what's going on, guys? Um, I just wanted to say to you some great interviews last week. I really enjoyed enjoyed listening to them. And um, certainly, um, I, certainly the new play-by-play guy for, for the Patriots did a, did a great job replacing, I think, a guy that's irreplaceable in in the great Gil Santos, who uh, I was just talking about this the other day. He he had quite the career of being able to call. I think it was um, six Super Bowls he called in, 
in all or seven? Yeah, exactly. He called all, I believe, all seven of the Super Bowls to Patriots uh, later. So, um, so yeah. So, but I, I have, I have no doubt that um, that uh, that um, we're, that we're going to be going to be be back there soon. But me and you, Jeff, sort of talked about this off the air earlier this week, and um, I still think that a need for this Patriots team is linebacker depth. And um, of course, um, depth at safety, and um, of course, getting, getting an edge rusher in here. There are some interesting guys on the free agent market, and I know that uh, that they're all um, dinosaurs, but but still, I think that they could really come in and they could really help. Um, I was wondering what you guys thought for for cheap guys like um, Jonathan Vilma. Pat Anger, I think I'm pronouncing his name right, um, the the linebacker for, for the Colts. Um, Dan Connor is another guy I like. Um, Will Will Smith, um, the, who, who I really like to, who, who, to bring in for the outside linebacker business. And James Harrison is another guy who could come in here that could provide some veteran leader, leadership. On the safety side, I, I don't know that if it will be um, now because of the Patrick Sun Connor, but Thomas DeClaw from 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 Atlanta, and another guy that I I look at sort of maybe if you bring in another corner, uh, uncertain about the Alfonso Dennard situation, um, Asante Samuel. Uh, but I'm looking at and I, and I know that Jeff during our conversations this week you you sort of didn't like those inside linebacker. Um, Options because they can't play special teams. What my thought is, and I, I will ask you guys this: Do you, do you have confidence in Dante Hightower? I I think that Dante Hightower should be the starter, but it won't hurt to bring in a guy like a, John, a Jonathan Vilma, for example. Well, Matt Doug, well, uh, well, thank you very much for your call. First of all, and Absolutely. I think we can, we can get to this. I'll let Bob step in and then and talk about it, and then I'll then I'll give you my two cents. Sure, there's a couple. First of all, the, the uh, Hightower. I don't know what to think about Hightower. I think last year they put too much on his table too early, uh, and that really screwed his game up. He was not good at all for about three quarters of the season. Once they started pulling some things away and letting him play a more natural game where he didn't have to, uh, his play improve. I think he's okay. I don't. You know, I think he has the potential to be good. I don't think he's an all-pro. I think he's, you know, someone that is an asset. Uh, and I don't think we've seen the best of his game yet. Um, as far as some of the other players, and then I'll let you step in, Jeff, some of the other players you mentioned, uh, you know, I, I had done a little bit of research trying to figure who who made sense at some of the positions, and you mentioned one of the people that, that I mentioned, although I don't know. I mean, the guys, I'm, and I'm talking about Will Smith, you know, he's 32 years old. He's coming off a torn ACL. I just don't know what he's left, what he has left. The, the positive side is what they need in that pass rush position is not a full-time player. So if he can put it together, you know, for short bursts, then maybe, and I underline the word maybe because I'm still not convinced, he could be a help. But keep in mind, for a pass rusher, they don't need 
someone that's going to be playing 60% of the plays because they, they have two guys right now that played 90% of the plays last year. Uh, they need to give them some rest, and that's the person coming in. That's going to be the primary goal, I believe, of the person that's coming in. Um, and every position you mentioned, Mad Dog, I agree with you, but I think the draft is going to be the answer for some of those, and I'm certain we'll get into that a little bit when Jerry Thornton comes on. Uh, but I think the draft is going to be where most of those people come from for long-term solutions. So anyone they sign is going to be a short-term solution. Jeff, I'll let you jump on some of the other names that he mentioned. Well, you know, I mean, he came up with Thomas DeCloud. And, uh, listen, I like the guy out of out of Atlanta, but uh, with the signing of Patrick Chung, I mean, he's just going to be more of camp fodder, in my opinion, and it's a guy that doesn't know the system. So I kind of shoot that one down. The interesting names, of course, you know, Jonathan Vilma and Dan Connor, and these guys, these are guys that, Pat Anger, are guys that can play in the league. As I said to Mad Dog off the air when we talk, as we talk a lot about football during the week, is these are guys that are are older in, in age, and, and what you're looking for in a backup linebacker, because let's face it, the Patriots have three good linebackers in Hightower, Mayo, and Collins. Those are going to be your starting linebackers. Uh, if they if the pages go with a four three and the fact that they're in a sub package is over over sixty percent of the time the linebacker position is not as big as it used to be so you need those those backup linebackers not only be able to play but be able to play special teams because that's where their worth will come and a, and a guy like Jonathan Vilma at thirty two years old isn't really going to be able to play special teams even though Dan Connor is only twenty seven or twenty eight. His best days are, are, are behind him. He's had injury issues. I mean, when he played in Carolina, he was excellent, but the last few years with the New York Giants, not as well. Um, as far as Will Smith goes, I like Will Smith. If it was Will Smith from a couple of years ago, here's the thing with with the pass rush for the New England Patriots. Everyone wants them to go out and sign someone. Well, here's what's going to happen. That big signing, that looking for that pass rusher, that's not going to happen before the draft. The Patriots are going to see what happens in the draft. They're going to see what they can they can bring back. Of course, they have Michael Buchanan, the seventh-round pick out of Illinois from uh, from last year, who showed some signs of burst. But if you look back and remember a couple of years ago when they brought in Mark Anderson and Andre Carter, who both ended up with 10-plus sacks, neither one of them were signed until after the draft. Trevor Scott wasn't signed until after the draft. I think that'll that'll be what the Patriots end up doing is see what they have in their eyes, you know, after the uh, after the NFL draft. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, I mean, that's the big thing with uh, with the New England Patriots and with the NFL is it's such a long off season between the end of the Super Bowl and that and that first kickoff week that so many different things can happen. If you look back at what the Patriots had last year going into the off season, you know they had they had guys on their roster Gronkowski and Hernandez and. And, and, of course, we know what happened with Hernandez, and Gronkowski wasn't healthy the entire season. So things can change. So bringing in guys to get feelers, I could see that. But um, our guest is joining us on the line. Of course, he is uh, Jerry Thornton. Uh, he is a member of the Weymouth uh, Elks, uh, Lodge number 2232. Uh, you know, and a, and a fine lodge that is, I'm sure. The Elks, you, I just can't beat the Elks. But uh, Jerry is a little bit of a uh, media Oh, let's call him media whore lately. I turn on the radio and it's WEEI or the big show unfiltered. And, well, you know what? I just made fun of a comedian. So, Jerry, go ahead. 
<laughs> no, go go right ahead. I, I, I welcome it. In fact, I'm the one who's calling myself the, the media whore. After after I'm done with you guys, um, there's a homeless guy who lives in the dumpster behind uh, you know behind a Walmart. I'm gonna go just do ten minutes of sports talk with him. So um, I, I recently did a show that was nothing but a kid having me on speakerphone. So it was just the audience was anyone who was within earshot. I, I'll I'll take all comers. No, I'm but I'm but I'm I'm psyched to be with you guys. Somebody, some guys who are actually legit. Well, uh, hey, Jerry, that. did you get a kickback from Walmart for that, that you know, plug there a moment ago? Is there, you know, free you know, uh, uh, donuts? To be fair, the last thing I bought at, uh, at, at Walmart was a giant pair of orange shorts so I could take a um, a picture just like Aaron Hernandez getting, like, handcuffed with the T-shirt over his <laughs> elbows. And brought them right back, just so you know. I wore them, I wore them once. I got, I got some pride. So those were your stains that I found when I bought those. Damn <laughs> They're all yes. Tell me you don't wear giant orange basketball shorts. Well, I actually am partial to uh, to red sweatpants on a Sunday, but I think giant orange <laughs> basketball shorts will work. Yeah, anyone who calls himself the uh, you know the the, the the fat guy in his Twitter handle is probably a candidate for wearing shorts like twelve months a year. Oh, oh yeah, those are my favorite cats, man. When it's when you know you. I'm putting on gloves just to walk out to my car, and I'm driving by a guy walking down the street just wearing wearing the shorts. That is my those, those are my favorite people right there. It's hot, you know. You sweat. It's you know even that negative twenty, you sweat a little bit. That walk to the <laughs> car is a lot. So. <laughs> uh, Jerry, let's get into talking a little bit about the uh, the New England Patriots. You wrote a great article this week for Barstool Sports, looking in at some of the uh, the defensive tackles uh, that sure. the Pages could draft, and of course, uh, you are a little bit of a draft know-it-all. We're going to call you. You've, you've hit it on a couple times this year. Well, so, what do you think the Patriots are going to do? Yeah, I am. Uh, I, I'm. I'm proud to call myself a, a, a draft geek. I, are you guys big into the draft? It sounds like it. A little bit. Yeah, Jeff does more you know, than I do. There are people who follow all aspects of sports, but when you start bringing up the draft, they make that that face like you might as well be talking about. I don't know, Dungeons and Dragons or something, you know, Magic the Gathering. Like they think it's just pure nerd sport, and, and they might be right. But I've just, I've just always loved it. A, a few years ago, when it was still on a Saturday, thank you, Roger Goodell, for ruining a Saturday out of my life. Like you know, because mm. that was the greatest day because you could blow off your life. You know, oh, I, uh, two straight days, the NFL draft. You know, you could. It was an excuse to day drink. You know, oh. and. It, yeah, but he had to get the TV rating, so he moved it to a Thursday night. Well, the the last time it was on a Saturday, I go into my my day job, and yeah, I, I have a day job, and I start talking about it with a buddy of mine about something that happened on the, the broadcast. He goes, "Wait a minute, you you, you didn't watch that, did you?" My buddy went to my brother's house, and yeah, we we watched it. How long? I said, "Just the first six and a half." hours like why like what's what's your problem so i know that look that people give you when you you talk in draft but i i love it it's it's one of my favorite sporting events of the year by far none and um you know especially when you're a patriots fan because what they do is so wildly unpredictable it's like predictable and unpredictability two years ago i was out for the um second and third round we're on a friday night 
with two dozen Patriots fans from my brother's uh, uh, Patriots message board that he, he's the admin of. And when they drafted Tavon Wilson, all these people who do nothing but follow the Patriots, couldn't care less about hockey or anything like that. They all just follow the Patriots. We all looked at each other and said, who is he? It was the third round, and we already had no idea who he was. No one could find info on him. I spent that night convinced he was that kid that the neighborhood watch guy gunned down. Well, and the irony is even the supposed experts on TV didn't know who he was when they drafted him. It's like they didn't have him on any boards, any charts, anywhere. It was a funny moment uh, in oh, the draft. Yes. Oh, I, 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 I love it. And it was the same look they they gave when, you know, they took Sebastian Vollmer. Well, unlike Wilson, that has worked out in spades. You know, I remember when they took Logan Mankins, and my brother was with me, and he says, I go, I swear to God, I have no I have no idea who this is. And my brother goes, I had them taking him in the second round. So it's, <laughs> there's, there's no greater feeling than than picking, like, when a, you know, being able to peel back the gray hood and look underneath it and decipher what they're going to do and, and be right about it. So I, I stayed on my track record. I was the guy who said they will take Nate Solder if Matt Light's coming back and sit him on the bench for one year and then plug him in. And that's exactly what happened. I, I called Darius Butler. I called Aaron Hernandez. I missed that little thing about him getting all um, shooty and murdery on everybody, but I did <laughs> say that the Patriots would draft him, so I'll, 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 I'll put my record up against uh, anybody's. So, yeah, to your question about the um, defensive tackle, and the reason I, I looked at that first is, to me, that is the number one priority and, and would have been even if um, Vince Wilfork didn't you know. Uh, even if Vince Wolfwell comes back 100%, let me say. I, I said, regardless of whether he signs or not, that's still their, their number one priority. And if you if you looked at last season, you know, they, they started out kind of thin at, at that spot. And as it turned out, it, it, it cost them because, you know, when, when Wolfwork and Tommy Kelly both went down, and I, I think the guys that they plugged in, it did a, a, an admirable job. And Volano and uh, you know and Chris Jones and um, I thought Salingo was was the best of the bunch. He was a great find halfway through the season. You know, Wilfork even his best case scenario, he's still a 32 year old heavy set fella um, with coming off Achilles surgery. So um, ideally, you know, what I'd like to see is them to to make that their their first round priority. But then it gets into what t- what type of guy they're looking for. Are they looking for, you know, another Will Fork, you know, a guy to be to Will Fork what he was to Ted Washington, you know, another big body who can kind of two-gap and, and, you know, control the line. Um, and, that, and that becomes the question. Or do they go for a Richard Seymour type, someone with some with some length who, who can play, you know, five technique in their system or whatever. And ultimately, guys, I think what they're going to look for is a guy who can who can penetrate. I, I think they're playing a lot of one gap. Um, I, I think they they need to put pressure from from the middle. Um, you know, everyone's saying pass rush, pass rush, and I I agree with it. But I I think it's going to start coming from the middle because that AFC Championship game last year, not only did Peyton Manning not get sacked, I don't think he needed to wash his uniform after the game. I think he, I think he just spritzed it with some Febreze and hung it back up in his locker and wore it at the Super Bowl. So, um, yeah, that's that's priority one in my book. Now you speaking of is the guy you think. I'm sorry, Jeff. I was just going to say I'm looking at your column and you you said Dominic Easley is the guy you think 
they will draft. So you're hanging your hat on him? Yes. Yeah. I, I think it just it it works on a on a lot of levels. And you know, going into the year last year, you, you know, he was in the conversation with um you know, Jadavian Clowney even. Not on, in everybody's world, but he was occasionally being mentioned as, as possibly being that high. Um, and then he blew out his ACL, which, okay, that's that's certainly a red flag, especially given that he blew out his other ACL uh, a couple of years earlier. Um, but that, I think, w- with the Patriots, assuming his medicals checked out and they they did. He was at the combine and and he, and he tested well and and so on. And he bounced back fine from his previous ACL. And I think that makes him even more appealing to the Patriots because now he becomes. And a lot of people hate this. They hate when they talk in these terms. But he turns into the value. Value. Man. Yeah, the value that goes right up the spine of a lot of a lot of Boston media guys. Selger in particular just goes ape over the the value pick thing. But you know this is how. You sustain success in, in their world. You know they're, they're always drafting 29th, 30th. Let's hope 32nd. Um, they're, they're not the Colts. They're not going to just swim to the bottom, blowing bubbles out, get as bad as they can, as fast as they can to get a high pick. Um, the, the number of even top 20 picks they've had in the Belichick era, you know, you can count on one hand without using your, your pinky or your thumb. And this is what they they have to do to get you know, real talent, and easily at his best is is a beast. He's, an, he's a maniac. He's, he's quick off the line. He's relentless. Um, they love team captains, and I, I, I've always felt like this is part of their, their philosophy when they're evaluating people. I think they they look for leaders and try to fill their locker room with those kind of guys and hope, like, you know, you know kind of super leaders emerge out of that. And, you know, he came out of Florida, you know, playing against great competition. Florida, we all know, is a is a feeder program and for them. And I don't think Belichick is going to let a little tiny thing like the failure of Chad Jackson, Jermaine Cunningham, Aaron Hernandez, Brandon Spikes get in the way of going back to the well one more time. Well, I see what you're saying there. Now, switching to the sides to the other side of the ball, because you brought up a, a subject that – I happen to like a lot, which is is pressure up the middle. And I I look at it, and I see the Patriots haven't won a Super Bowl in, in quite some time now. They've been very competitive. But when it comes to the time when they get into the playoffs, one of the big areas that seems to always kill them is pressure up the middle. Is this the year the Patriots finally decide to, all right, well, we don't have Dante Skullnecki anymore. Let's draft ourselves someone good at center, someone good at guard, like a Logan Mankins. Because he's not getting any younger. What are your What are your thoughts there? Um, I in, in my world, I I see you know a a guard center guy, you know someone who's versatile who can move around a little bit it, as a need, but it's it's more like a a depth thing. You know, I, I think it was very telling that they re-upped Ryan Wendell. You know, I I, I think they're fine with him, and and you know. Look, Let's, let's not forget, I think it was 2012 going into the season. Offensive line was the biggest concern. They looked terrible in the preseason. We were all worried about that, that spot. And they they first couple of weeks, I remember Wendell was getting, I think he was leading the league in um, penalties by an interior lineman over like the first month of the season. But he settled in and they were, they were immense. I thought they kept Brady um, protected pretty well. You know, last year there was some, some issues, but 
you know, I try not to count the sacks too much because it, it, oftentimes I, I think Brady's willing to take the sack to live for another day as opposed to panicking and, and turning the ball over. I, I, but but your point about pressures is, is legit. It, it it truly is. I, I think, you know, Connolly has his issues sometimes. Frankly, Mankins had issues last year, including in the, in the playoffs. I mean, he got beat badly right up the middle, I think. It. I want to. It might have been Wizzy Woodyard or whatever, but um, you know, still he's as good as they've ever had. Minus um, John Hanna, who's the best they ever lived. So um, I, I see it as a, as a as a depth thing, someone they can develop. But you know, they've invested fairly heavily in the in the offensive line the last few years. I mean, Solder's in his third year. Vollmer's, I think, in his fourth year, um, and they re-signed him. Marcus Cannon was your classic value pick. I mean, he was oh, like yes, a day three guy, um, and he only dropped because of, I hate to say only when I'm going to use the word cancer in the sentence, but, um, you know, I, I, for the large part, I, I like what I see. And as I just posted on Twitter a little while ago, I, I'm fresh off a, uh, an incident where I think I deserve the Nobel Prize because I was getting my hair cut, and the lady is a big Patriots fan, and she went on and on about how she thinks Nate Solder sucks. And I showed remarkable <laughs> restraint because I'm, I'm a huge soldier guy. So, um, but you did tell her about long... Patriots beat, right? I oh, absolutely. She's uh, okay. She's going to be give me a, a, a subscriber. I'm sure. I'm sure she's listening at the at the uh, Supercuts drive-through right now. Where where is she went? I got <laughs> I got a terrible haircut out of her too. Um, yeah, that's that's I I I think they they do need some help on offense, but. You know, let's not forget, and everyone just – I'm, I'm stunned how year after year after year everyone talks wide receiver. That's the biggest priority. they got to get weapons. they got to get a guy who's going to take the top off the defense, blah, 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 blah. They were third in the league in points last year. They were one point behind Chicago for second in the league in points. So the the, the fact is they lost the, – the reason they didn't get to the Super Bowl – is Manning put on two drives of um, over seven and a half minutes that resulted in touchdowns. They couldn't get off the field. That was their bigger problem. Does the offense need to improve? Sure. You know, they, they, they needed some more sustained drives themselves. But to me, it's it, it's all about defense. I, I think, you know, I was actually kind of thrilled that Seattle won because it proved that defense isn't dead in this league. And you, and you can still play physical, and you can still cover people, and you can still hit hard and derail a, a record-setting offense in, in crunch time. The Patriots just aren't there yet. Well, and let me ask you real quick. Do you feel like they would have been there last year defensively without all those injuries and since most of those players are coming back that they are actually right now pretty strong on defense? I, yeah, I, I I think they they had a, a very very legitimate shot of stopping Denver if they even had a moderate amount of the, uh, of injuries. I mean, you never say no injuries because you know how often does does any team get no injuries? But I mean, they were just decimated. You, you two starting tackles, your your starting linebacker, um, you know your your number one corner. I mean, let's face it, once Talib went down, um, Demarius Thomas did such a number on Alfonso Dennard that at the time I said, prison's going to be a snap for Dennard after this. And he's out. He's out. It was, it was simple and easy for him. He's, he's out of the, uh, he's out of the clink. He's ready to play. Yeah, I like, I like to think he's, I, the word that, that we got is that he, um, 
He looked a little thin. Apparently, he didn't put on the freshman 15 at the uh, Indiana whatever house of uh, uh, corrections. So, um, you know, hopefully he's going to go hit, hit the gym and, you know, and not just, you know, take a bus down to Fort Hancock, Texas, and go to Zewantaneo and hook up with his pal Andy. Um, that was a Shawshank Redemption reference, if anyone didn't, didn't grasp my, my – somebody stop me before I make more obscure sub-references. Um, you know, and I – I, I like Bennett for the most part. I, I, I think as a number two corner, I, I think he's more than adequate. But I, I think we saw when it comes to a you know a, a big physical body like, like Demarius Thomas has, the, the kid was just utterly defenseless. So, um, you know, add, add him into the mix. You know, give Logan Ryan, you know, another year in the system because I, I thought he was really impressive. Um, you know, clearly... They they need a safety alongside um, Devin McCourty, but you know you, you give me Browner back and and Revis and Dennard and Arrington and and you know Duran Harmon I think still shows some some promise. Then they they have the makings if they can put it all together of of a, a top you know even even a top five defense is enough to make them a, a, a legit contender. Well, they definitely look that way. At the beginning of last season, before all the injuries knocked in there, you brought up you know the name of of. of no, I don't mean to interrupt your question, but that's a great point. Early on in the season, when the offense was sputtering, the defense was winning games, and oh, yeah. I didn't mind the offense sputtering so much just because it was so rewarding to watch the defense win games. You know, it was that's how they were doing it in the you know the first part of the of the decade was you know oh one through you know oh four. The defense was oftentimes carrying them, and I I love defensive football. I'm, I'm oh, ecstatic that they they haven't completely banned it from from the game, and <laughs> and that Seattle is able to, to prove that it's extinct yet. So I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt your question. That's all right. There's nothing wrong. Jeff with that. I'll Jeff live, I'll is live. sitting there nodding the whole no, time. I mean, he, I got a he wants to see the three to nothing game. I'm, and it sounds like you're right in his corner, Jerry. Three to nothing, and the pass win, and you're happy. Here's here's where I'm at, Jerry. Is I am I am a old time romantic football man. I want to see a guy guy come out and clobber someone. I want to see a running back or running backs doesn't have to be one get 25 to 35 carries a game, control the clock, have a defense that can get off the field, and win a game 17 to 14 instead of. Losing a game, you know, thirty-five to thirty-four. I, I enjoy the aspect of both sides of a team working working together, and I'm sure you feel the same way. Oh my God! Do you have the other half of this amulet I've been carrying from birth? Because we might we we might be long lost twins. I, I feel like we're a, we're a rare breed, you and I. And the thing is, okay, and everyone's got fantasy teams, and it's exciting when teams score and everything, but. Last year, the NFL set a record for points. They broke the record set in 2012 for most points, which was the record set in 2011 for most points. <laughs> and at some point, how many friggin' points can you see? You, you know, and it reminds me so much of when the, the, the Royd era was completely out of control in, in baseball. And, yeah, home runs are fun. You know, it, it, it sucks to, to not see teams be able to score. But how many 13 to 10 baseball games can you watch before it, it just kind of loses its its appeal? And that's that's how I am with football. And I I'm not one of these 
you know, quit protecting the quarterback. Let's put dresses on him, guys. I'm not like that. But there's, there's a place in the game for physical defense, you know, where, where you don't get, um, you know, a 37-yard pass interference penalty because you stuck your tongue out at a guy or no. because you thought impure thoughts or, or whatever. And, you <laughs> Illegal know, sneezing to... on. Yes, exactly. You know, because a guy's the back of his hand is up on a guy's shoulder while they're both trying to make a play on the ball, and the flag comes out. You know, the, the old expression in football was by, by your real old-timey coaches, you know, your, your you know, three yards in a cloud of dust type guys, oh. Woody Hayes or whatever it was. When you throw the football, three things can happen, and two of them are bad. Well, now it's four things, and two of them are excellent. You know, a, a, you either catch the ball or it's a ticky-tack foul. You know, I, I, if I can give a shameless plug for myself, um, I had the honor this year of doing the Patriots pregame and postgame um, on CSN New England with Felder and, and Troy Brown and Ty Lodd. Troy Brown made this point um, that he says if 10 years ago you asked him to name the top 10 cornerbacks in the league, he could rattle off a list. It was right now, I, I couldn't tell you. I, I don't think I could name five top corners in the league. Yeah. And, and I agree with him. You know, and Ty Law couldn't play in this, in this era. Ty Law could not yeah. play in this era. It, exactly. And and we can blame the Colts for that. For, Thank for you, Bill almost, I, I, I don't want to say ruining football, but they, they've certainly changed it for the worse. Um, well, in, back in '04, when they whined about the, the fact that when, when they passed a rule to make it illegal to defend Colts receivers, <laughs> you know, and people could go on and on about that was the worst piece of cheating in, in the history of football. To, that they got a, a, a specific rule enforced that strictly benefited them, and you know, and that's what you get as a result. It's it's all these you know forty to thirty five games. It's it's the friggin' wild west. And everything is is illegal now. And and if if anyone thinks that brand of football is better than we had back in you know oh four oh five, they're they're living in a fantasy oh. world. Well, he's just saying that he wanted to see Smash Mouth uh, when you were just you're just not going to see that anymore because defensive backs are afraid to do that. They're hesitant to make that hard hit because they know they're going to get fined. There's going to be a penalty. I mean, they they don't know where to hit the guy anymore. You hit him. You know, at the knees and wipe them out like what happened to Gronkowski, uh, or do you hit them high and they call for brushing their head while you're, you know, you're tackling them at the chest and your helmet happens to just catch the, the bit of yeah. the, the the other player's helmet. I mean, it's just crazy the way the rules have gone now. So that you're never going to, well, I won't say never because the rules can always swing back. But under the way it's structured right now, the days of hard-nosed defensive football. A hard to find because you, the players can't play it. Yeah, I, and I, I when 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 Gronk had his knee taken out, that was kind of the, the immediate reaction in the the Boston media was, well, that's what happens. You know, you can't hit a guy in the in the in the helmet, so you're going to go right at his knee. Well, well, Gronk is six foot seven. They're rough numbers. You're looking at about a three and a half foot gap <laughs> between the the crown of his helmet and his knee. You know, I I coach kids. I mean, my this year will be my 11th year of coaching kids, and and I tell them all the time, like we're not going to tell you, you know, hit too low, but you know, eventually you, you hit a guy in the in the ten ring, you hit him in the bullseye, you go for his for his thighs, where 
you're not going to hurt him, and it's the most effective way to attack one. I I still think that that Gronk thing it was it was one of those heat of the moment things, but I'm not ready to say like this is the only recourse that that defensive backs have. But you know, I, I like a, a good running game. I I love it. I I don't think it's it's extinct quite yet. But one of my all time favorite teams, and I'm guessing as soon as I say this, you guys are going to think I like you know grew up in the leather helmet days. But I I, I did when I was a kid. The '78 Patriots had five guys on the team with over 400 yards rushing. And, and the they team still that set the all-time record. Yes, they they still hold it. I, and I was under the impression that Atlanta broke it that year that um, Michael Vick had 1,000 yards, but um, no, the Patriots still hold it. And it was amazing to watch. They just they just stuffed it down teams' throats. and it's Over 3,000 yards on the ground. It's insane. <laughs> the quarterback had, I think, 500 yards. And, well, that and he was like a four-best rusher. <laughs> that was Grogan, Cunningham, uh, Andy Johnson, Ike Forte, and I think uh, Donnie Calhoun, maybe. And I know a lot of your listeners are sitting there rolling their eyes thinking, I, you know, I'm talking about Otto Graham or Bronco Nagurski or something. But it wasn't that long ago, damn it. Um, and just as a as a fan of just pure football, it was fun to watch. And it, it's like it's like having a team that's really good defensively it's fun to just break the will of an opponent. You know, it's fun to just be out-physical them. And in a lot of ways, you know, I'll take like the 2003 team was more fun team. to watch than the 2017. 2004 Again, was my favorite. Yeah, 2004. Watching Corey Dillon. Mm. That was the best. That was the best. That, that's, that's that's a great example. I hadn't I hadn't thought of that. I was I was thinking the O three team because they had that um, they had three straight shutouts at home. They went they almost went five games without giving a touchdown at home. Except they gave up like one touchdown, uh, one garbage time, like final minute TD, and like a, a game where they were they were blowing them out. But you know it, that was the team where um, Parcells came to. Took Dallas in, into Gillette and they they shut him out twelve to nothing. Twelve nothing. Yeah. Yep. And, and they beat Miami. That was the famous snow fireworks game where Bruski intercepted a ball and 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 took oh. it in on his knees and um and you, you just watch teams come in and just could not get anything done because the Patriots just were more physical. They wanted it more, and it, it's fun as a fan to watch a defense. It kicked the crap out of people. I, I mean, I can't imagine how much fun it was for Seattle fans to just, you know, watch them. Oh, it must have been awesome. Manning completely apart in that game. It was, it, it was fun for me, just as a as a guy who hates that big thumb-headed goober and and <laughs> and couldn't stand the thought of him winning a, a a Super Bowl. And and I liked them because they did it with a oversized defensive backfield, physical guys who hit you a lot and get their hands on you or whatever. So. Um, it looks like the Patriots are trying to get a return to that, and that's how you end up with Browner and 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 Revis. And Revis isn't huge, but he plays like a bigger guy. He's he's strong. He's he's physically gets his hands on you at, at the line. And I'm I'm I haven't been able to sleep since they signed him because I sleep on my stomach a lot, and I haven't been able to roll over. You know, it's this little thing I call Patriots priapism. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Two things, Jerry, before we uh, we let you go for the day. Uh, for our listeners, listeners, the 1978 team, of course, uh, 
set the uh, NFL record for rushing yards in a uh, in a season. Uh, that was also the first ever home game uh, at Fox, Foxborough Stadium in the playoffs. And had Chuck Fairbanks not decided to take the Colorado job and then come back. Maybe they have a chance of winning that game. They did not have another home playoff game until the 1996 season. That's that's, that's insane. If you want to look back at at, at 18 years between when a team had a home game and when they played another home game in the playoffs, and then look at the last 13 or 14 years that the Patriots have had success where it's almost a home game every year in the playoffs. It's, it, we're definitely, definitely spoiled and and just a quick little dig at you, because you did say you didn't like Peyton Manning, but the way you're playing on Boston media these days, I'm waiting for you to get a double-stuffed Oreo out and play uh, Lick It, Lick It, Stick It with uh, Glenn Ordway. Uh, you do not want to get between Glenn Ordway and a cookie. Uh, <laughs> if anyone can, uh, but, it's the Boston fat guy. Yeah, exactly. And between him and Pete Shepard. You know, we were going on the other day with Johnny Gomes wearing the uh, – that, that ugly blazer of the lighthouse, and I'm like, if you guys ever wear a flag uh, jacket, just do us a favor and make sure the stripes are vertical because they're swimming. You know, don't 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 go horizontal; it won't it won't look good. Yeah, Glenn's been uh, Glenn's been great. I have a lot of lot of fun on on that show, and I uh, I I thrilled that he brought me in on the on the ground floor of it. And I I don't know how I got to the point where um, I'm getting these chances to go on radio and just. Uh, run my mouth, but it's it, it's it's fun. It, it, it's real fun, and I I don't I'm just gonna keep on rolling with it. And uh, you know I, I I love the chance to come on and talk to you cats too. This is great. I mean I did three hours of EEI yesterday, and it was three hours of Red Sox talk, and I'm I'm, I'm fine with it. But I, I, if we got a Patriots call, I would have been over the moon about it because this is there's no off season for the for the football, and certainly not for the Patriots. Excellent. Jerry, thank you very much for your time today. And uh, what's the schedule looking like this week? Where, where can we listen to you this week? Um, there will be other dates coming up, but for now I know that I'm going to be doing uh, the uh, with Dale and Holly on EEI. It started at uh, 2 o'clock on Tuesday. So Tuesday right up at the Red Sox game time. The Sox have like an, an early game or something. And I'm going to that game too. So it's going to be kind of a surreal experience to talk about it and then actually be at the game. And then I'll I'll be back on with uh, Glenn at some point And that to your listeners is uh, uh, on Big Show Unfiltered and it's Sirius uh, XM 108 and 206. And this week he comes out uh, with an app. So there you go. You can't you can't do anything in this world with without an app. And at first I was excited because I thought he meant like you know buffalo wings or something. But no, this is going to be the actual uh, iPhone Android thing. So um, I'll be I'll be posting it when the info becomes available. But uh, thanks for letting me have the shameless plug. Thanks for letting me talk bats with you guys. I, I hope we get to do it soon. Definitely. Thanks, Jerry. All right, fellas. Take care. That of course was Jerry Thornton from well just about everywhere, including the uh, Weymouth Elks. Uh, <laughs> Jerry is just great. And he, of course, was brought to you by the CLNS Radio YouTube channel. Check it out. Uh, www.youtube.com slash CLNS Radio live on the parquet floor talking about the Celtics. That's what they do. And if you want to get a great Celtics show, you got to listen to 2 o'clock. Celtics beat. They do a phenomenal show. They had Iron Eagle on yesterday. And those those guys over there, they even brought up Darrell Revis. He's taken over even the Celtics show, Darrell Revis has. Definitely check them out. Of course, check them out as, 
as well on uh, iTunes. You can uh, check us out on iTunes, www.itunes.com slash CLS Radio, or on the Stitcher app by searching CLS Radio on the Stitcher app. So what a uh, what a great guest. I love Jerry. He is He's hilarious. Well, he obviously uh, has, has a lot of wit when he's when he's on the air. Um, a, a great guy to follow too, if you're not following him, uh, because he puts out these little one-liners, uh, he tweaks during during game stuff that uh, you'll be sitting rolling in your chair, even even if it's something bad that's occurring on the TV or when you're at the games. Uh, he's well worth following. He definitely is. Good uh, good insight as well. Um, you know, his 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 talk, of course. I, what do you call it? Uh, Patriots rigor mortis. I have that after talking about uh, about the running game and 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 the defense. You know, I'm I'm loving that. How can you not? How can you not ecstatic. love that? I I know you were ecstatic. I mean, I I'm, I could just sit there quietly and could see, even though you're not in the same room with me, I could see you <laughs> beaming from from ear to ear. As he was going down the the, the favorite teams of of his past, and uh, and I I, I know mute, you. I I actually at one point had to mute my mic when he sat there and and one asked if we were twins because all I could picture was uh, <laughs> Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> because if you've ever seen a picture of Jerry, he's 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 not exactly a, a very big man. Um, you know, if you've seen him on TV, and, and and then you have me. I'm this I'm this big guy. The only difference is I'm this big fat guy. Danny DeVito's this like short little fat dude, and Arnold's like chiseled. So, but it, you get you get the point. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you, you you I lost you there for a minute. Did you lose it, partner? No, no, I'm good. I was just talking about how how you know. I could see us between Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito, and 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 how uh, you know DeVito is just a short uh, short fat guy, uh, and I'm a big tall fat guy, and Jerry's just you know he's probably not he's not chiseled like Arnold, but you know we'll figure out a way to make a twin single. It'll be great. You'd make a good pair. <laughs> well, let's get on to talking a little bit more about the uh, this wonderful team, the New England Patriots. We've talked uh, we've we've talked over Revis. Um, you know, we're all excited about that. How about Devin McCourty, uh, Bob? I mean, he had some comments this week uh, where he was saying that he couldn't tell anyone the details, but he had a, a big reason for uh, Vince Wilfork coming back. What are your thoughts there? What do you think he possibly could have said? Well, and part of it was tongue-in-cheek, the way he was he was responding to it, but he did go and meet Wilfork and basically, you know, as, as buddies, was was urging and prodding him to come, you know, come back to the team. Uh, and, and you're right. He said, I can't tell the details of my negotiating skills, but I'm the guy that uh, brings in the Rutgers guys and keeps the vets. So, you know, it's nice to have a player on your team that's, that's trying to keep you getting the players that, that you want and keeping the players that you want to keep. I, I okay. you know, McCourtney. I, I'm seeing a lot of people down on McCourty also uh, in this off season. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know yeah, why. No, He's a heck of a player. Thank God Patrick isn't on with us because he'd be having a heart attack. Uh, <laughs> you know, he he. Your running game is your primary thing with the Patriots, and Devin McCourty is his hero with the Patriots. But are you really, a lot of people 
seemed to feel like he didn't have a good year last year. I mean, I don't think he had a spectacular year, but I think he had a bad year. Uh, he was playing next to a, a safety that he had a cover for a lot. Uh, because he had that a very good year. Doing things. So, you know, I, I don't know. But, I, I mean, I like McCourty, and I, he obviously has a sense of humor, but there was a picture of him uh, with Will Fork. And, you know, I think, I think it did take some prodding to get Vince off the ledge. Uh, and and to finally kind of swallow his pride uh, and realize that uh, hey he knows everybody on this team so if you know if Devin had something to do with that I thank him and appreciate it and uh, you know now if he oh, I had only done that with Jared Allen and gone out and helped get him would be fine. Oh, exactly. Well, unfortunately that didn't uh, that didn't happen. But it brings me to Devin McCourty. Going in the last uh, year of his contract, uh, I'd like to see uh, the Patriots uh, put a long-term deal in on him, especially with the cornerbacks that they brought in here now with Darrell Revis and Brandon Browner to go along with Alfonso Dennard and, and Logan Ryan and, to a lesser extent, uh, Kyle Arrington, even though for some reason they pay him like a like a starter, starter-type money. But I really think this year you're going to see a different Devin McCourty. I think Devin McCourty is going to be able to really play – a free safety role, and he, I think, and I might be wrong here, but he could start to remind people in this defense a little bit of what Ed Reed was able to do with the instinctiveness that he has. They just need to shore up that strong safety position, whether that's a Patrick Chung or a Jaron Harmon or, or a guy yet to be noticed. Uh, I'm excited to see it. Well, and I, I do think that the Pats the, the page still have moves they're going to make, and you mentioned it earlier in the show. I think a lot of those moves are going to be after the draft. When they see what's happening in the draft, that kind of dictates what you still need. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I really do think this defense is a lot stronger. And, uh, you know, Jerry talked about it a little bit during his interview. But I like the moves they've made so far, and I like McCourty. Uh, I like him a lot better, i got to tell you, at safety than I did the year before he made the transfer at, at quarterback because after his rookie year when he was spectacular, he was just terrible at second year at quarterback um, and and really looked like he had no idea what was going on on the field a lot. Moving him to safety allowed him to use those instincts you're talking about and do some things that gave him a little more freedom than he had at quarterback, and I think he blossomed in that position. Now, Bob, are you sitting down right now? Yeah. Okay, because I'm going to say something right here that you're not going to believe. I, uh, of course, Chris Johnson was released by the uh, the New England Patriots, uh, not the New England Patriots, but the uh, Tennessee Titans earlier this week. I want nothing to do with him, nothing at all, none, none, none whatsoever. Don't want the guy. <laughs> what? I don't want him. He's a running think, back. Yeah, a very overrated one at that. Well, he's gained a thousand yards for five straight years. Now he's not a good blocker. Thousand yards is is sixty two point five yards a game. You know he can't block. He can catch a little bit. He, he, he's a he's a loud mouth and wants huge money. I don't I don't want that. I, I would take Brandon Bolden starting over him. And you know my thoughts about Brandon Bolden. Come on now. Come, whoa, hang on. You're done off. The, you jumped off the ledge now. Come on. He had 2,000 yards one year. I mean, yeah, come on. one year. Not, I don't necessarily want him either, but, but let's not. You know, that's like when you said that you felt that Bolton was, you know, the lowest place on the roster. 
So, yeah. you know, you, you every once in a while, Jeff, you just get a little carried away. Well, you know, that's what I'm paid to do here. That's what I'm paid to do here for Steel on Us Radio. I'm paid to be that that guy who just jumps off the ledge. I'm, I'm paid to wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm paid to talk about the, the New England Patriots, and that's what I do. You know, I talk about the New England Patriots, but I don't want uh, Chris Johnson. I just, I don't. I don't like his running style. I don't think his running style fits in with what the Patriots need to do. Um, you know, and, and he's going to be complaining about getting that ball. I think the the thing with the, what the Patriots have right now, what the beauty of it, what they had last year with LeGarrette Blount um, and Stephen Ridley and, 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 of course, Shane Vereen, to a lesser extent, Brandon Bolden, is that ability, it didn't matter who was getting what carries. They were all productive, and I think that's what they need to continue to do. I don't think they need that bell cow. Um, I'd like to see Shane Vereen get a few more than three carries a game out of a sh- shotgun draw. Put the guy in a, uh, you know, please put the guy in a in, in a regular eye formation and see what happens. But uh, I, I just I don't feel I'm not feeling the Chris Johnson love, and I, and I might be wrong there, but I just I don't feel the love. Well, and and I don't completely disagree with you. My only shock was the fact that you, so he's a running back, and that you wouldn't want him on your team when you want you know. Ten running backs on your roster, and and I'm not defending him completely uh, because he's not a good blocker, and I, I don't want to see Brady get killed. So, you know, on one hand I agree with you. On the other hand, his statistics may be misleading, but he, I believe, over the last five years, the only person he trails in total yardage is Adrian Peterson, I think, or yeah, you know, he's Adrian. way up there with those guys. But Peterson is, 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 you know, he hasn't plateaued. He hasn't plateaued Peterson. Chad Johnson, ever since that, uh, Chad Johnson. That's on, no. <laughs> Chad Johnson. Oh, man. I, 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 there's a name from the past. Chad, he wasn't even Chad Johnson here. He was Chad Ochocinco. So. Chris, Chris Johnson, he's just been trending downwards lately. It just, I, he barely made it over 1,000 yards last year, 3.9 yards per carry. Now, granted, Titans aren't exactly the best team in the world. Um, but, I mean, he, he has not been phenomenal since he since he had that, since he had Lendell White running with him. And, you know, you need a good, as much as I love running game, you need a complement of backs to, to really set up and help in this league. That's just what I'm going to say. I, and, and you are allowed to say that because it's your show. <laughs> well, it's, it's our show. It's our show. It's our show that's actually. I, I'm just prodding a little bit there. I know I we know. were going to have Antoine. I know we we're going to have Antoine uh, Staley on today, and I don't know whether he's online or not right now, Jeff. I've, I've kind of direct Antoine. messaged him to see because he was waiting. Uh, Antoine but, called in, and then uh, and then mom called. So you always got to talk to mom. So we'll have to get Antoine on at a at a different time because we are running out of time here on Patriots Beat. That, a great show I, today. Great show today with uh, Jerry Thornton of uh, Barstool Sports W E I. He's been on the big show Unfiltered. Uh, just a great time. Steelersradio.com, of course, is a free internet website. Log on to iTunes, give us a rating, listen to all the great shows. My name's Jeff Kane for Bob Snowden. We're out of here. We'll see you next Sunday at 1 on Patriots Beat. Have a great day, everyone.
Internet Sports Talk Radio, DLNS Radio.